welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss Sal and Bigfoot. Welcome back to Why Is Ty and Dan, a weekly Marvel recap podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic universe. Before we get started, take a moment to smash that like button and subscribe to keep up with MCU news and reviews. My name is Tyler Borland, and with me always is Danny Vincent. All right, now now we're going to talk about the MCU news, but first, before we get into MCU news, a little disclaimer on this episode. So we spent about 35 minutes talking about the MCU news. Uh, and then my computer froze, which has never happened before ever. And the file was totally corrupted. We spent about an hour and a half trying to recover it. We couldn't. So first off, we're moving two bits of news to next week, which are uh, news about Secret Invasion and news about Spider-Verse 2. We're just going to talk about it next week because we talked a lot about it in those 35 minutes that are lost. Uh, and ergo, unfortunately, probably when we finally talk about Soul, which is this week... Uh, we might rush through it a bit because we just spent an hour and a half trying to recover files we can't find. But first, we will talk about two bits of news that we have most of the files on because Tyler pretty much talked his way through it without me engaging much. Uh, the first bit of news is that Russell Crowe will be playing Zeus in Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, I'm pretty indifferent on this news. Tyler, explain it. Uh, I'll give my little interruption now. It's going to be really weird for the people listening, but it's okay. Because you know what? We don't. We, we want to move on. We, we just want to get this over with. Not too much. We will talk. I'll talk about Soul a lot. I'm really excited to talk about Soul. And uh, also, we got to obviously discuss the Marvel stuff. Of course. I roll. Uh, but yeah, Russell Crowe will be playing Zeus in Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, I hope he gets butched by Isaiah. <laughs> I hope he gets butched by Gore, the God Butcher. Yeah, Gore uh, is the God yeah. Butcher, so maybe he kills Zeus. Yeah, yeah. So in the comics, Zeus possesses power uh, on a cosmic scale surpassing those of any other Olympians, and he's the equal of beings such as Galactus, the Celestials, the Stranger, and Odin. This is according to Wikipedia. Zeus can manipulate vast amounts of cosmic and mystical energy for a variety of purposes, including temporary augmentation of his superhuman physical abilities, firing powerful bolts of electrical force energy, uh, he can change his shape and size at will, he can open and close interdimensional portals like our friend Doctor Strange, and he can send himself and others through these dimensions and grant superhuman abilities and properties to living beings or inanimate objects. That last bit there, granting superhuman abilities, we know that we're supposed to get Lady Thor in Thor 4. He also has limited precognitive abilities that allow him to glimpse various alter alternate futures, much like Doctor Strange, um, using the Time Stone. Uh, Zeus is also an excellent hand-to-hand -hand combatant, having thousands of years of experience at his disposal. Zeus wields Olympian weaponry made from virtually indestructible adamantine, and sometimes rides in a mystical chariot drawn by magical horses, capable of flight and traversing the dimensions. So yeah, that's, that's Zeus in a very big nutshell. One thing that ran across my mind is maybe Gore plus Zeus is equal to Silver Surfer plus Galactus, but then there's also the fact that Gore is the God Butcher. So, 
earlier this week, I sent a proposition to Danny for how Zeus will enter the MCU. I'm gonna read it for you. Here we go. <clears throat> Russell Crowe enters. Hail, ye heathens, look upon my mighty mightiness and tremble. Thou quarrel and conflict shall arrive at a close. Shake each other's hand and becometh companions of the realms. Christian Bale lowers arms down from above his head, says something about justice and being the hero that the multiverse doesn't deserve but needs. Thor, his back on the ground, smiles. Now, rabbit! Rocket and Groot jump out from behind a rock, explosives and detonator in Rocket's hands. Groot throws Rocket at Gore. I am Groot! Rocket plants explosive on Gore's back. Thor moves with haste from Gore as Rocket quips, time to meet your butcher. Thor sends... <laughs> Thor sends bolt of lightning down upon Gore while Rocket pushes the detonator button, blowing Gore into smithereens. The bits are fried from the heat of Thor's lightning. Groot, ever so innocent, picks up a piece and begins to eat it before Rocket knocks it from his hand. Thor and Zeus proceed to have a battle of lightning while ACDC's Thunderstruck plays in the background. I'm going to pitch this to Taika and see what happens. Uh, uh, the other big news that we'll talk about is Sony made a deal with Marvel. Wait, Sony made a deal with Disney+. Plus. The deal is basically that Sony's products will first be on... first. So, Spider-Verse 2, that's my example. Spider-Verse 2 will come out in October 2022. We'll have a theater run. After the theater run, it will go on, of course, renting and home video for a few months. Then it will show up on Netflix a few months after that. Be on Netflix about a year, year and a half. Then it will show up on Disney+. Plus. Uh, this deal is also with Hulu. The Hulu deal uh, will obviously go for more R-rated stuff. So, like, say they made a Zombieland 3. Yeah. Uh, it would go to Hulu. Uh, and it includes library titles. So we should be seeing the Sam Raimi movies and the Garfield movies on it. Which, in the unrecorded audio, you will discover that... Uh, I don't know. I Well, you won't discover because it's gone forever. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you'll discover that I've actually never seen the Amazing Spider-Man films. Yeah, which means that Tyler's going to have to edit in this interjection, or maybe it will just be a fun little monologue where he sounds like he's talking to himself. Who knows? That I go, well, I actually enjoy the Amazing Spider-Man too. It's funny. It's bad. Uh, I hated it on first watch, but the second watch made it not obnoxious core, but like a good bad movie. I think we covered everything other than the stuff we'll re-record next week. Is that right, Tyler? Yeah. All right, now we're going to go into the green room and we'll both talk about Soul, but not really because this is when Tyler scriptedly says, well, I didn't watch Soul. Play that audio now, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't watch Soul this week. Um, <laughs> instead, I got caught up in a Hulu documentary called Sasquatch that just released this past Tuesday. So... The documentary follows an investigative journalist named David Holdhouse, and it begins with Holdhouse retelling a story of his past from 1993 when he was working on a California cannabis farm during harvest season. Um, one night, two horrified workers rushed into the cabin claiming that Bigfoot had just ripped apart and mangled three other workers out in the fields. Now, Holdhouse does believe that those three workers were torn limb from limb, but he does not buy into the Bigfoot aspect of the story uh he recalls the stillness and seriousness of the room and suppresses the memory for some time but decades later he eventually begins a deep dive into finding out if the culprit behind the deaths of the three cannabis workers was truly bigfoot or if it was a more terrifying monster of another sort it's not a cryptid um show 
I will say that. So, like, that's all the detail I'm going to give regarding the doc, because I want people to watch. Uh, yeah, you'll just have to watch it for yourself. Um, once you begin this docu-series, you will be hooked. I watched the entire series, and I, I still want more. Um, there, it's great cinematography, great use of music and sound, and what shines the most is the, is the, is the narrative. Um, there are three episodes. You can find them on Hulu, all together about two and a half hours long. So, uh, sorry, Danny, but Sasquatch stole my soul. All right, we just went through 35 minutes of recording in four minutes, so now I'm going to talk about Soul. Yep. Which uh, I saw in a theater. Uh, $250 well spent at a nice rate of $250 a minute. Because <laughs> it's a 100-minute long movie. Uh, well, first off, you follow me on Letterboxd, which you should, because I bring it up at the end of every single one of these episodes. I already wrote a 2,500 word page. (laughs) 2,500 page. (laughs) No, 2,500 word review of this. Granted, 110, no, 1,000, 1,100 words of it are me explaining why I waited so long to see it in a theater. Um, But the rest of it is me breaking down why I thought this movie was really good. I will say that I was, well, I wasn't expecting, but I was hoping this would be my favorite movie of 2020. It isn't. Sound of Metal still is. However... It will be my number. It's my number two of the year. Uh, and at the Blankies, which is my award show that I put up during the Oscars, which means it will be up by the time this episode's out. I chose to give Soul. I gave Sound of Metal Best Picture, but Soul Best Director, because mm. I think this is the most personal film Pete Doctor has ever made. Which makes me feel a little weird because before this movie came out, I kept on going like, "Well, Kemp Powers did a lot of work on it," but I'm like, mm, "No, this is mostly a Pete Doctor movie." It feels very much about. Uh, we actually talked about it on this podcast before when we were talking about Luca. Yeah. Uh, how he's transitioning into a leadership role at mm-hmm. Pixar, and this is his last movie. And granted, I... Oh, by the way, we're going to totally spoiler talk Soul. It's been out for four months. I'm like the last person who's seen it. So we're, we're <laughs> going we're gonna to delve into this a bit. Uh, uh, I think it very much can be read as Pete Doctor being like, well, I'm now the head of Pixar, so I won't have time to make my films anymore. But like... Now, granted, I don't think it's the same level because in the movie, Joe is kind of, he views himself as a failure. I don't think Pete Doctor views himself as a failure. He's won three Oscars for his films. No, two Oscars for his films, and he's going to win a third one for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably has already won the third one for this. He has by the time this podcast is out. Um, so I think it's interesting to view the movie in that lens in just the sense that I kept giving this movie his credit to Kemp Powers. Now, great, I do think a lot of the sequences in this movie I can credit to Kemp Powers. I can't imagine Pete Doctor writing them on his own. But as for the theme and, like, the point of this movie being, like, is your purpose in life your passion in life? No, because I, I think I think that's a, a uh, epiphany that he came on his own. Because uh, the thing is, is like you know, you can make movies like Inside Out Monsters, and you can get the accolades for it, but like, what's the point of it? You know, like really, like what what are you giving back into the world with those movies? Right. And that's how I interpreted his thing with Soul. And I will say, uh, it's a it's a little interesting to uh, let's just say because I actually can't talk too much about this. I'm not allowed to. Um, watching this movie, waiting to watch this movie to where I am in my point in life. Uh, Made it hit a bit harder uh, in regards to my career in childcare, uh, which uh, I really enjoyed about it. Uh, I think it's a very flawed movie, but the flaws are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I would love to rewatch it in a theater, but I'm not going to spend $250 more on it. 
Right, right. Uh, I thought the animation was gorgeous. I cried pretty much the entire third act. Uh, Jamie Foxx is great. Uh, all that jazz. Um, I will say... No pun intended. <laughs> the jazz. About, like, about this movie, I didn't expect the twist that it that it took. Uh, we to can talk about the twist, because I said we're going to do spoilers. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing with the twist, is I had been spoiled on the twist back in October. Mm. Not when this movie came out. The twist being that he becomes a cat for about a third of the movie. I presume that's what you're talking about, right? Um, I was. Or are you ex- talking about a different twist? I wasn't. Well, okay. So I did not watch. I went. I went in, into this movie. The cat stuff isn't in the trailers, though. No, it's, it's that, not. So yeah. I had no idea there was anything going on with that. I had no idea about death or afterlife. Like I had no idea any of that was actually involved in this. I thought it was going to be like a, a like a sincerely. Not, no. I thought it was going to be a movie about music, you know, which it is, it, it, it is, it is. Um, but I didn't know that it would go into that, you know, that, that venture with it, which the yeah. movie makes it work. You know, it, it works. I, um, yeah, I think, but I, it was, it was a twist that I, that I enjoyed. Yeah. I will say also, I want to go off of that a bit is my aunt when she saw Coco, her takeaway, not, not the end I live with, but never aunt of mine, <laughs> her takeaway was that she was like, I don't think kids would really enjoy this. I can't understand it. I'm like, mm, Coco has a kid in it. I think kids can enjoy Coco. Yeah. This, I'm very confused how children enjoy this. Mm-hmm. This seems like very much it's made specifically for adults only. The themes are so hard to put into words that even I don't think I've given, I don't think I can give them justice in words. Yeah, because um, it's it is about it's about the idea that we have a mean there is a meaning to life and how we try to assign things as this is the meaning of my life. And the fact is, is that life is the point of life. Uh, and that's kind of like where I would get to where the themes are for it. I want to talk about one thing in this movie, because mm-hmm. there's one part of this movie that I was talking about earlier this week, and I'm like, this is so weird that this is the moment that stuck with me the most from this movie. But I saw it a week ago, and I'm still thinking about this. And it's such... I feel like everyone I know hasn't talked about this, and I've to- talked to some people about it on my own, and they've been like, huh, I wouldn't think of it like that. So I do want to give it airtime here. Is that the moment in Soul that I've been really bowling over is during the montage at the end, which I think the montage is what a lot of people think about at this movie. Cause I think that's the emotional climax. But to me where I started crying in it is when it cuts to him in the restaurant eating the pie and he just looks really happy about it. And mm-hmm. here's the reason why is because in the beginning of the movie, they show him like his entire life that they walk through. He walks through 22. Yeah. And it, it's like, oh, look, I really enjoyed jazz. And then it just showed all these sad moments of him alone, including the moment of him with the pie. And he, like, lingers on the pie, and he's like, that's it. That's my life. I'm sitting alone in a diner, sad about everything. But then it just cuts back to him later on. It's like, he might have been sad, but, like, he was still he was still found a little happiness in that moment with him enjoying his pecan pie. I, I don't know. Like, right now, I'm getting kind of emotional talking about it. Mm-hmm. To me, that is, like, the point of the entire movie is right there and i i think it's a really special moment because it's like i don't think people really think about that stuff and this movie kind of i think soul i remember this was part of the discourse that i tried to avoid but it's still i still came across it 
was it came out at last Christmas where people were spending their Christmases indoors. A lot of people couldn't visit their families. Yeah. Uh, and I think it kind of exists as like this thing where it's like, we didn't have this for the last few months. And this movie is about how those little things really matter. Yeah. 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 It's, I think it's a really beautiful little film. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, I don't think it's Pixar's best. Uh, I think though the flaws help it. It's a messy movie and life is messy. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know. Yeah. I really like it. I wish, I wish you could have talked about it more, but you know, it's kind of like life itself. It doesn't really, we can't really control what happens to us. Like for example, we could fall down a manhole before we're trying to make it to our big break. Or we could record 35 minutes of a podcast and we could just disappear. <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to add one more thing about mm-hmm. Soul because I'm pretty sure we'll never talk about it again. Is uh, What I really like also is how in the third act it chooses to give Joe what he's wanted. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really interesting choice is to like give him what he wanted. Cause I, I okay, I'll tell you. Okay, this is what I actually want to say. I think the easy there's an easy way to end Soul. Like there's a very obvious easy way to end Soul and still have that emotional impact that you want. Yeah. Uh, and that is, uh, so twenty two, right? So twenty two, he yells at twenty two, uh, but then he still sends to the great beyond. Mm-hmm. But in the great beyond, he meets his father, who goes, "No, the best part of my life was you." Like that is the easy way to end this. You still get your emotional waterworks because you get the catharsis of him hearing from his dad. Yeah, but it's not as well earned as Joe. Joe does cheat death. He goes back to Earth. He gets his happy ending, but then he realizes that like it's nothing to him. Mm-hmm. And it's just like wow. And then he has the epiphany where it's like, and he's just playing the piano, and he realizes all the stuff that matters to him. Really. And then, ugh, there's just so much good stuff in this movie. I, I kind of want to also talk about the scene where the girl, uh, this is not at the end, where the girl tries to meet Joe to quit band, but 22's in his body. And 22's like, well, I don't care. Yeah, sure, quit. But then the girl is like, well, I actually, like, she doesn't say this, but she, you can tell she's like, well, I actually came here to get the encouragement to continue. Uh, and if you're not going to give it to me, I guess I got to give it to myself. Yeah. I think that's beautiful in its own little way too. Mm-hmm. Like she's not in the movie after that point. Uh, but she's kind of the key to it. I don't know. It's just a nice little, I movie. also, the, I yeah. also like, like, uh, this, I like that this movie addressed that. Yes. These, these souls, souls switched bodies, but they still sound this like you know what I I'm, actually what, I, what i'm saying like jamie fox jamie fox yeah yeah, yeah you're the voice like acting. Fox, and but i, I want to really appreciated that well what i want to say there is you just led me into now now i can talk about the negative part i think it's okay i'm going along with this people like you know what i mean like it yeah. might be a little bummer that we've, we've lost so much time recording but it's like you know this we built this up a bit we, we can indulge a bit in mm-hmm. the soul uh I think the ones this movie cheats very blatantly, and I, I I was very surprised to see it because I don't think I've seen a movie that cheats as bluntly its rules as this does. Yeah. And that's the scene where he's talking to his mom, and he's in the cat body, and he goes, "Oh, well, just repeat after me." And then it shifts over to, as you said, Jamie Foxx's voice, but twenty two saying it, but he's saying it with such passion and like. It's cheating. It is cheating. It is basically Jamie Foxx is in that body at that time. You know what I mean? Joe's yeah. soul is in the body at that time. 
uh, when he's delivering that. But I didn't care because I felt like it emotionally it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting that I'm like, well, I can't say this is a perfect movie because of this. But I also think it's an asset of the movie that it has the um, – I don't want to say the balls because that's very coarse. But it has the audacity, I guess, yeah, to do this. Yeah. Um, and not really care. Um, but no, there's a lot. There's, I think the humor in it's great. I don't think kids will get the humor outside the cat slapstick. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it is to me. Is like this. Um, I don't know. I just think it's a really good movie. Like, <laughs> I know hot take that the new Pixar movie's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I I think it's ambitious in a sense that I don't think I've seen Pixar be in a while. Mm-hmm. And that's that's exciting to me. Well, and it's it's also it's refreshing that animation's not just reserved for children you yeah, know which very much to me way... makes it so so weird that this got sent to streaming yeah especially having seen raya which got a theatrical release from disney and this deserves a theatrical screening so much more mm-hmm. uh, the animation is better the story is so much more profound and again it goes back to my thing i said back when we we're talking about luca where i don't mind this is put for free on disney plus i just am baffled by the fact that you could see Wonder Woman for free on HBO Max and in theaters, but you couldn't do that for Soul. Right, right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's my take on it. Uh, Soul, it's a masterpiece. You should read my review if you really want to hear me get into depth. This was more... I use this more as a place where I could talk about specific moments I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last specific moment I'll talk about that I liked, because I kind of had a moment I was iffy on, is it's kind of like the moment you'd expect from it. But when one of the Jerry's is saying to him when he's leaving, when he's like, wait, but she never found out her purpose or something like that, or like her point in life, she's like, he's like, your spark isn't your purpose. Humans are so basic. Or like yeah. something like that. And I don't know. Oh, and of course, the last positive thing is, the very last positive thing is, even though I think I said this back, I didn't say this to you, but like when the trailers came out, is the design of the Jerry's and Terry is so good. I love them. Mm-hmm. The, the design is so like experimental. Yeah, in a sense that I think only Spider Verse has come close to, um, in terms of mainstream animation, CGI animation. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, it's it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and now, as you know, this is a season finale week, which means we're going to give each other movies for next week. Uh, now, Soul's winning the Oscar. It probably has already won it. But its main competition on the critical level, this is, trust me, this is related, this is what I'm giving Tyler, was a film on Apple TV Plus called Wolf Walkers. Wolf Walkers is a dope movie. I want you to watch it. You're going to watch Wolf Walkers. Uh, All right. Well, well, I need to say a bit about Wolf Walkers. First, I'm giving it to you mainly because you're losing Apple TV Plus by the next time we'll do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want you to, I want you to watch this because in my opinion, it and Ted Lasso are the only good things on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, <laughs> well, great things. I think Central Park is good, too. But Wolf Walkers I've and still Ted Lasso watch, are great. I've still got to watch that BC Boys doc. Yeah, well, you should... It. Well, as I've said on this podcast before, I also like Boys State, which is a good documentary. Yeah, you yeah. should check that out if you're looking for documentaries. Uh, but Wolf Walkers, it's traditionally animated. I've seen it twice in a the theater, which is like the biggest humble bread I'll ever give. Because I'll tell you... The, like, here's, here's why. Okay. It only had a theatrical release in Chicago at a Fathom event that I was debating on going on. But I was like, eh, I think theaters might close soon. And sure enough, theaters closed five days later. Yeah. So I saw it there. And then this last week, it was at the Music Box, 
which is where I spent $250 to see Soul. And I was like, you know what? Wolfwalkers is great. I wanted to rewatch it. I want to see it in the theater again. So I saw it twice in theaters. Uh, <laughs> uh, since you have the IMDb description for me, I will give you the IMDb description for this. Uh, but I have to reload it because my computer crashed during the last time I had it open. <laughs> okay. Uh, a young apprentice hunter and her father journey to Ireland to help white out, wipe out the last wolf pack. Everything changes where she befriends a free-spirited girl from the mysterious tribe, rumored to transform into wolves by night. I don't know why it says rumored. They definitely transform by night. It's not really a secret in the movie. Um, it's kind of a werewolf movie. Gotcha. In a sense. But it's gorgeous animation. I actually recommend if Felicia wants to watch it. I think she'd really enjoy it, too. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is, it's PG. It's PG. So, very much in the vein of Soul, where you'll be like, this is for kids, but I also think you can definitely see older kids liking this movie mm-hmm. compared to Soul, where Soul, I think, is very... The jokes are very adult. Not, and not in, like, a <laughs> dirty humor way, yeah, but in a sophisticated way. Mm-hmm. But Wolfwalkers, that's your assignment. Sean Bean's in it. Hey, The only actor in it you would know. Yeah. Yeah. So the rest of it are, like, kids and then other Irish actors. Mm. Although, actually, Sean Bean Irish, I'm not sure, because he doesn't play an Irish person in the movie. He plays a British person. Gotcha. Anyway, so Wolf Walkers. All right. Well, Danny, I hereby place upon you the task of watching an early David O. Russell film from 1999. You will watch Three Kings as found on HBO Max. Uh, this film stars George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, and Ice Cube. So, uh, cool. I like David O. Russell, but I've only seen his recent work. Gotcha. That said, mm-hmm. we'll have this on the rec- record here and next week when we discuss it, is that David O. Russell is a creep, and I don't like him as a person. We need to have that on the record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that for we, sure. Even though we don't endorse him. Uh, he's a creep. If you want to know why, just Google David O. Russell niece, and you'll find all the info you need to know. In case our listeners want want to follow along with us, um, here is a pithy overview of the film as as laid out by IMDb. In the aftermath of the Persian Gulf War, four soldiers set out to steal gold that was stolen from Kuwait, but they discover people who desperately need their help. I'm looking forward to watching this because it's actually been on my watch list like since the David O. Russell. Like, you, I don't know if you really follow David O. Russell. He had like a very solid Oscar run in the early 2010s where he was nominated for The Fighter, Silver Linings Playbook, and American Hustle on a row. Gotcha. And yeah. I never actually saw The Fighter, but the other two I really like. Well... I really like Silver Linings Playbook. American Hustle is kind of bad, but I I watch them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I meant to always watch Three Kings, but I never got around to it. So, yeah, interesting watch. Um, so yeah, you're watching the cartoon werewolf movie, and I'm watching the war movie, which is fine. I, I'm okay with war movies. I haven't watched one in a while, honestly. I I'm going to going to rewatch Three Kings as well. I think I think my uh, dad's got it on DVD, so. I will say I would rewatch Wolfwalkers, but I literally saw it on Wednesday, so gotcha. I don't. I, I I've seen it recently enough, definitely. I can because otherwise I'd seen it in November. Yeah, but but granted, when you watch Kid, you have to forgive me. I was like, I'm going off memories from two years ago. <laughs> I love this, <laughs> right? But yeah. Uh, so now we will get to the part of the episode that I've been dreading. <laughs> 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 Can't we just talk about Soul more? <laughs> All right, so from this point on, we will discuss the latest the episode last. and the last episode of 
the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and possible spoilers for future productions. We do not claim to have knowledge of said future spoilers, but will gladly take full credit if such come true. We won't address any leaks, but we will ex- address some news at the end of this. Uh, I just realized we never actually gave that uh, that uh, disclaimer again, so we'll give it now because why not? So we didn't actually address all the MCU news this week because two of our pieces of news have to do with this show and how the show will be followed up. So we'll discuss that at the end of our discussion. But as for leaks, nope, no discussion at that. Uh, but our speculations live with the leaks. I guess that will be coincidence. So we're going to discuss the last episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, One World, One People. Which, I gotta say, before we get into our general thoughts, and before I get into my general thought about it, because I have a little precursor for it, title for this episode didn't make much sense. Nope. Because uh, the only people who said it were the terrorists. <laughs> I don't know why this was titled that. Uh, but anyway, before we get into our general thoughts, I was going to talk, I was going to open preface this with a letterboxed review by Mike Makowski. We're going to talk about Mike Makowski, uh, who... He did an HBO movie called uh, the uh, the Bad Education, which I might recommend to you, Tyler, at some point. It's really good. Okay. Except, I don't know you have HBO, do you? I forgot. I don't. Yeah, okay. If you ever get HBO, I'll make you watch Bad Education. It's really good. But he wrote it. Uh, uh, my hot take on Bad Education, which I'll give really quick because I know it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But if it had been picked up by any other studio beside HBO, it would be in the Oscar conversation this year for mm. Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Actor, because Hugh Jackman's in it. He's incredible in it. Um, but unfortunately, it was on HBO. And it was also on HBO in April, which was kind of like before the point where people were discussing, like, okay, are these movies movies? Or are they TV? Because everyone's watching these movies at home. So it kind of got screwed over. But anyway, his review of Falcon and Winter Soldier is two and a half stars. It's one sentence long, and it's just... They're so lucky they put out WandaVision first. <laughs> I have to say I agree with them. Yeah, um, me too. If this was put out first on Disney+, Plus, people would be like, mm, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, but yeah, um, so general thoughts. Um, I'll repeat. It should have been a binge show. Last week had the better episode. Uh, although this one did shine at parts, um, I'm more eager to watch with this show set up regarding supervillains. Yeah, uh, well, I didn't get anything out of this finale. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're excited about Sharon Carter supervillain. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no you're not. <laughs> uh, other supervillains, I should say. So, um, I got nothing out of this finale besides like a cool suit for Sam. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm glad to move on from the show. Hopefully, we'll get better stuff soon. Uh, yeah, let's just dig in. Digging in, Sharon is forced into the opening scene. I didn't like it. Actually, didn't like much Sharon stuff in this episode or this series, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, going off of that, I'm going to pitch how you fix this entire show. You ready for it? Yeah. So, get Tyler's going to kill me for this. <laughs> so, well, let me let me tell you this. What if instead of a show, it was a two and a half hour, honestly, two hour and 15 minute movie. All you need to do is get rid of Sharon and get rid of Zemo. <gasps> I know you love Zemo, Zemo. but I want to ask you, what did Sharon and Zemo ultimately have to do with the plot of this show? Couldn't you tell this whole story with the Flag Smashers and, why, uh, and John Walker without her and Zemo? Like, without the two of them. You could focus on Sam and Bucky's characters more. Honestly, more Sam's character, because this would be a Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and it would be an origin movie about why how Sam comes to accept the mantle. Yeah. Uh, however, instead we have this four-hour show where, like, it's so bloated. And the Sharon and Zemo, as much as I love Zemo, because Zemo's actually entertaining at least, mm-hmm. they did nothing. They, they, did, they didn't have anything to do with this story. And our time spent with them could have been spent time spent with Bucky and Sam, who... As I'm going to say at the end of this podcast, I really feel like I don't know either of them better. Yeah, yeah. Despite spending six hours with them. Compared to WandaVision, which, fun fact, actually, I did the math. WandaVision is actually slightly longer than this show. Mm. Um, which I guess makes sense because it's nine episodes. Yeah. Um, but granted, the first ones are at half hours. But still, WandaVision was longer than this. I felt like I knew way more about Wanda by halfway through it mm-hmm. than I did about Sam this way. And that's before the flashback episode with Wanda. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I don't... I will say that if if you cut out the stuff with Zemo, give us some more time with Isaiah. Because yeah. I, I liked how the Isaiah um, and Sam interaction came full circle. I really, really yeah. like that. I like... I think Isaiah is a great part of this show. Yeah. Vibranium wings and a suit. I called it. Well, kind of. Yeah, no, you didn't. Let's, let's be clear here. I was the one who said it could be a suit, and you're like, oh, I think it could be wings. And I was like, well, I think, I guess there could be wings in the suit. But you kept going like, oh, I don't think it's going to be a suit. So this, this this one goes to me. Yeah, yeah, I'll, gi- I'll give you this one. But I, I mean, I was right. There were wings included. The suit was good. I like the suit. Yeah, I did too. Um, I um, I really like the part where Sam uses the wings and the shield to form a shell around himself when he lands in the uh, in the there's road. There's a lot of cool. That's the coolest action I think of the whole show. Really, yeah. The um, the how we see the shield and the wings work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the helicopter rescue too. It felt very. Um, I don't want to say I don't want to give it too much credit, but aspects of it felt Sam Raimi to me. Yeah. Um, or I guess it's more just because it's focused on saving people, which mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of these movies fail to do these days. Right. But yeah. I don't know. It's a cool suit. I Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It might seem like we're not talking about this much because we lost about an hour of this in our recording. I legitimately don't think there's much to talk about in this finale. Yeah. I think this finale is incredibly surface level, which doesn't surprise me considering what we've been watching so far. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um... Yeah, suit's cool. <laughs> like, you know, like I guess that's my takeaway from this entire show was at least we got a cool suit for Sam. Yeah. Yeah, Ugh. I do I do want to see like remember that shield callback tech that Cap had in Age of Ultron? I think Sam yeah. needs to invest in that. Cuz there were multiple yeah, the times where I'm like he threw the shield, it's just gonna uh, I would say Sam doesn't need to invest in that. Shuri needs to invest in it cuz Sh- I presume Shuri made the suit. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Uh Oh, Condens, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, uh, so, like, later on in the show, Bucky's talking to Carly on the phone, and he mentions failing twice to save the world. I assume at that point, I think he was talking about his disappearance during World War II uh, when he fell from the train and the battle in Infinity War when he was snapped. That's I, I definitely took the Infinity War thing. Okay. Uh, in which those are actually both. He might also be talking about Civil War, though, too. Because he was trying to. 
in a way, the breakup yeah. of the Avengers could be viewed as losing that That's battle. true. Yeah, he could feel guilty that he's the reason why the Avengers split. And thus, he's the reason for Thanos snapping. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which, I gotta say, jumping ahead a bit, because I know we're gonna talk about this more, but I don't have it in my notes there, is that... Um, Sam refers to Thanos as an insane god in dialogue in this episode, and for some reason I just laughed at that. I'm sorry, it was a very serious moment, but I just thought it was like really funny to be like, you could be a, a misguided sender or an insane god, yeah, the results yeah. are the same, and it's like, okay. Because <laughs> I feel like calling Thanos a god is a little goofy. Yeah, I thought it was, I it's honestly the thought he was, god. He's not a god. I thought He's he just, was talking about Loki. And then I was like, well, this is really weird because Loki's been gone since Infinity War, and I don't really know how much time and Sam's Falcon, had with Loki. Falcon never encountered Loki, Exactly. Ever. So I was like, this is really weird. But, I mean, now that you say it, it's like, well, it kind of makes sense. I think he was talking about Thanos. Yeah. Talk- he's about the relations to the snap. Gotcha. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. Well, <laughs> it's dumb. No, no, no. Like... The funniest part, and it wasn't supposed to be funny, but the funniest part of this episode to me is when flipping Captain Frederickson, Frederickson shows up with his Hasbro shield You know, I should give you up as a movie to watch, because we, we've talked about Frederickson so much during this. Yes. <laughs> these last six weeks. Uh, it, it, you know, honestly, like, I audibly said out loud, I was like, are you kidding? Like, are you kidding me? What are you doing? Like, I forgot about yeah. you. Why are you back? But I understand why. But, you know. Uh, you know, this actually would be a good time to talk about our meme wrap-up. <laughs> um, a few weeks ago, we mentioned the Zemo dancing scene um, as the big meme yeah. of this show. And I think, well, first off, I know at least one person listening to this podcast hates comparative criticism. But I think in the case of this... WandaVision was the first Marvel Disney Plus show, but mm-hmm. this was supposed to be. Yeah. And I think in terms of a Marvel show, memes actually are kind of important. Because <laughs> the whole point of this show is not necessarily to be a great show. It's meant to be something that their audience engages with. And yeah. audiences engage nowadays with memes. WandaVision had about six memes an episode, none of which were forced. Uh, this show... Let's let's see the memes it had. I think it had Carl Fredrickson as a meme, which kind of that was okay, but it didn't really stick. Yeah. Uh, I also would say that the Wyatt Russell memes are negative memes. Mm-hmm. They're not really stuff that people want to joke about. Uh, I would say that Zemo dancing was a meme, but then Disney ruined it by releasing the actual footage. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess the only other memes I've seen in this show have just been people clowning on bad takes on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, it was and, it was really weird that Disney ruined Disney ruined the one meme what that it had <laughs> going for it because I'm I'm thinking like I'm looking at this from a, from a marketing perspective and the best marketing that you can do is ones that you don't have to like that's all hands off that's yeah, audience the generated Disney came to interacting with a meme during WandaVision was they released the Agatha All Along video as a separate thing on the following Monday. Yeah. But that's not like they did here, where they like added more stuff to the Zemo footage, all of which was worse than the original footage. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, we, we kind of already talked about the Zemo footage, so I don't want to yeah. get too into yeah. that. But to me, it's just like... Here's the thing. 
WandaVision, with all of its flaws, constantly had at least one good aspect of it. There was all never a part of WandaVision. Well, well, two good parts. You know <laughs> anyway, what I mean? Yeah, I know. They had Wanda and Vision yeah. and their family. Yeah. They were always a good part. Like, a solid part of the show was always interesting. Even if you might not have liked the episode. Even when Vision took, like, an episode to fly somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it still was... Like, I was still elevated by Paul Bedney and Elizabeth Olsen's performances, even if the writing wasn't totally there all the time. And for the most part, the writing was there for those sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, for this, our leads are completely underwritten. Um, the interesting parts of it are always written so murkily. I'd even say, to me, the best written part of this show that would be defined as a series regular is John Walker. Um... And I think he's his story's let down in this episode. Yeah. He's <laughs> like significantly, it's just kind of forgotten, like they're friends. Yeah, yeah, that was really weird. Where uh he and Bucky are just kind of running alongside each other. And they share like some jokes and Why is yeah, why Bucky's just like Like the Lincoln yeah, thing? Zemo, I was like, my best friends now besides Sam are Zemo and John Walker. Yeah. Yeah, it was really what? it was really weird. But yeah, uh but, it's yeah, dumb. it's dumb. It's dumb show. <laughs> um, the action in this episode and show would it be so much more enjoyable if the camera wasn't zoomed in so tight. We're missing a lot of the scene, um, and I'm I'm specifically thinking of the Civil War fight scene between Bucky, Cap, and Tony used full body shots really well, while still varying in the zoomed shots, um, and like I'm. I'm thinking of the moment when they get to that final stage of the battle, um, uh, where they are... The Batroc fight? Do what? The Batroc fight or something else? The... Oh, I'm talking in Civil War. Oh, I'm like, sorry. I thought you were... Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm talking about in Civil War. When we get the... When we get that, uh, that excellent shot of Iron Man shooting the beams out and Cap blocking it with the shield, we got that full body you know, shot, and that was iconic. And I know that's from the comics as well, too. Um, but well, this show this I, show had a hard time of giving us that, you know? I think there were moments where I got it. I think yeah. them pulling off the shield last episode of John Walker was really good because it was very purposely drawn to... Drawn, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Very purposely shot to parallel Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet in Infinity War. Right. Uh, and I thought in this episode, the various hero shots of Sam as Captain America were great, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the stuff with the, the... I'm thinking more of the fight scenes with Bucky. They were all so close. Well, I think this finale lets down Bucky, too. Yeah. I think this finale lets down everyone who isn't Sam. Uh, which, in theory, is okay. I like Sam more than Bucky. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of goes back to what you were saying during your recap, which is... This episode would go down a lot better if we if we watched it with the last one, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they could have released. One division's finale has the same issue. They could have released one division part series finale. You know, yeah, one division's finale has the same issue. The difference is that one division's finale still slows down at points to give us moments with the kids, to give us the vision versus vision fight, and to give us at the end, of course, it gives us Wanda and Vision saying goodbye to each other, which is the best scene of the finale. Yeah. Um. The issue here is it's just nonstop action where the only part it slows down is when Sam's trying to talk Carly down. Yeah. That that's really the only part. Um which I wanna give I wanted to say this really quick because I know she's not gonna come up again probably at all. Uh someone who I follow on Letterboxd who I know from various chats, 
made a comment that like Aaron Kellyman is no Michael B. Jordan. I think Aaron Kellyman did the best she could do with the script she's been given in this show. Yeah. I think she does a very good job with the character. Uh, the issue is the character, like everyone in the show, is written murkily. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. Aaron Kellyman, props. Uh, why? Uh, kind of a bummer that you'll never show up in this again. Right. You right. deserve better. Finally, John Walker does some good. By att- attempting <laughs> to save the uh, truck from falling off of that building construction. I think, okay, first off, I think John Walker, as written before this finale, it makes sense this. Because he, he is a, he's a problematic dude, but yeah. he does try to do the right thing. He's just inherently too broken to do so, mm-hmm. which makes him interesting. Um, although, of course, we also hate him because it rightfully belongs to Sam. But <laughs> this finale treats him so weirdly. Um, the post-credits of last week seems like it clearly sets up that he's going to mess things up for Sam and Bucky, but no, he immediately helps them with no discussion, really. Initially, it seems like he might, like, try to kill, you know, the bad guys, but he ultimately chooses not to. Yeah. But it's like, there's no real engagement from Sam or Bucky on that front. Mm -hmm. Like, it's weird to me that John Walker sees Sam with the shield and never comments on it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, like, he's just buddy-buddy, as you said, he's buddy-buddy with Bucky for some reason. Yeah. And it's, like, I'm not opposed to this being the ending, but I am, sorry, I am not opposed to this being the ending, but it needed to have more of, I don't want to say closure, Mm -hmm. but, you know, something. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it did. You know, it needed to have, it needed more time, um. I don't know. It's kind of the same thing with the WandaVision finale in this sense, but the difference is, is I th- again, I feel so bad. This is I'm talking about WandaVision so much. WandaVision's build-up for this, to, to its finale, made the lesser aspects of the finale still be forgivable. Mm-hmm. The show has been constantly iffy. Yeah. So the fact that it didn't have the groundwork laid, it's like, whatever. There was, no. there was a return on our investment with WandaVision, with the audience's yes, investment, whereas... We didn't get that in this show. I mean, yeah. we got... For the time that we spent with these characters, yes, we got Sam as Captain America, and it looks like we're getting Thunderbolts, but... Thunderbolts! I, I hope that's the theme song for it. Why doesn't Sam arrest Sharon before bringing Carly's dead body out to the authorities? Like, surely he would have heard the horrible power broker reveal. It... It just well, seemed... if you if you remember, Batroc said it in French, so he's probably like, oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, so no, you... I know. I, I'm joking. I'm oh, okay, joking. okay. Yeah. Um. Well, my response to you would be, I don't think I think Sam doesn't hear it because the writing for the show is bad. Yeah. Maybe 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 that's the... <laughs> like if 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 it's if we are not supposed to believe that Sam heard it then Sam should have showed up a significant amount of time later, or that dialogue should have been moved back in the episode. You know, like, the the events of the reveal and Sam showing up to that to that scene, to that set piece, they're, they're too close together. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was just... It's a... It's a... It's a bad... It's bad, a bad execution. Episode. What can I say? <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's a bad episode. <laughs> Um, I do like Sam's finale speech. Uh, it it's the voice of the unheard, 
And I also like the way that Sam is owning the Captain America mantle. So first, I like I agree with the latter part. Yeah. Uh, I think Mackie performed this speech well, but it was written over long. And, okay, spelled out the themes of the show in such a blunt way. Mm-hmm. But moreover, it's like... It's really weird. Like it's kind of, to me. Okay, let me let me do my impression of this feature. All right. It's like, hey guys, uh, Carly was really bad, but someone could be worse because you're not listening to them. So basically, you 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 politicians better do the right thing, or else there's going to be an uprising, and I'll be on the side of the uprisers. But just to be clear, that these people are terrorists, but they're also not. But yeah, uh, be nice to refugees, please. Now, although I agree with it all, <laughs> you, you realize how, like, it sounds very rambling, right? Yeah. It doesn't really, it doesn't really have a cohesive point. Yeah. It sounds like he's making up as he goes along. It, it somehow sum, simultaneously sounds like he's making up as he goes along, but it also sounds like, well, we got to give him a big monologue. So. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It, did, it, felt, it felt cheesy in that. It felt like a commercial for, you know, for, for something. But, uh. I agree that it was very, it was just, it spelled out the themes for us. Um, however, I think this show needed this moment because it, its focus was so wide. We touched on a bunch, like a multitude of subjects, but it was very misguided on which sub, like what exactly it was trying to get to. Um, and unfortunately, like still, it all goes back to the writing um, is that, Unfortunately, because of the stepping stones that were set before this, we had to come to this moment of Sam just giving this overlong and spelled out the you know spelled out theme. Poor Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Uh, my next point, all caps. The raft is back. Thunderbolt space. Raft is back. The, yeah, I was like, that's that's it. I'm really glad that we're seeing things that were introduced in prior films um, come into play later on. Um, so, so yeah, um, Thunderbolt's team kind of looking like a Zemo U.S. agent, maybe an abomination. Well, but also we know Val pops up in, um, you know what? In maybe Black David Widow. Harbor will be there too. Maybe Taskmaster. Do what? Or I was saying David Harbour. David Harbour? David Harbour. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, I don't know. I presume we'll get more people for this down the road, yeah. too. Um, like, I'm not Loki. I'm trying to think what else we have lined up. Maybe someone from Hawkeye or Miss Marvel will pop up mm-hmm. in it, too. Um, I'm trying, I was like, what do we have this year? Maybe even Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. Excuse me. So maybe someone from Shang-Chi. Oh, I remembered something. If you made it this far, uh, I meant to say this when we talked about the Shang-Chi trailer. Uh, when I, I, I pimped that, uh, the Ralph Boner episodes again, the Ralph Bonus episodes, uh, if, uh, turns out it's pronounced Tony Leung, so <laughs> I didn't mispronounce it. <laughs> Tony Leung, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm down for the Thunderbolts, uh, but it seems a bit down the road. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to get too hyped for it. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. And then we go, my next note, yay, conclusion. I was actually happy that we were wrapping things up. I was, I was kind of done with the with the constant action. I was done with the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The show excels when it slows down and we actually get time with the characters. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, I, I can't really disagree, but I would also say that we need to have the characters be together during that because the pilot was bad. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And to me, the show should have ended this way. Last of the Flag Smashers, blown up in the car. We cut to Zemo in the raft. And then the Agatha All Along song begins to play when Zemo relaxes on his cot. But the song says Zemo All Along, and then we cut to credits. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I oh, think I'm sorry. we can uh, tell from this episode from my Thor rant and from... Uh, from this you should never quit your day that i should probably not get into screenwriting anytime soon but no i think you can get into screenwriting just just just, just avoid the superheroes just avoid, <laughs> avoid the mcu so uh well the reason i also say that is because to me the best moment of the finale was just the reveal at the end of the title being captain america and the winter soldier yeah uh i like that a lot it was a nice moment I hope Disney Plus rebrands the series <laughs> or submits it to the Emmys under that title. Go the whole way. You have to. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But my other thought was is Bucky doesn't want to be the Winter Soldier. He spends this whole show saying, I'm not the Winter Soldier. Like, so trying to the get title should have been it. Captain America and this guy named Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America and Bucky. Yeah. And Bucky. And Bucky. Uh, all right. So. so oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Um, WTF, that was the mid-credits scene? Oh my god, such a bad scene. I, I already a... didn't want Sharon Carter we, we were totally the, fine with never seeing her in again. In the show, yeah, I was fine with like, oh, I, I, okay, here's what I would have wanted. Her to say, I have to go back into hiding. And then Sam and Bucky being like, okay, we understand, thanks for helping out. And she like leaves and just disappears. And then we're fine. I'm like, I'm fine. Okay, yeah, she's good. The thing is, is also, it's but like, then, okay, so her being the power broker is the most obvious thing in this show. Yes. Like, and it's like, oh, Sam and Bucky couldn't figure it out. How? How couldn't they figure this out? <laughs> it makes them look stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Uh, also, yeah. my thought was, the obvious mid-credits scene here is John Walker's reveal of the U.S. agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's much more hype. There's a new suit reveal in it, and it goes back to Julia Louise Dreyfus, who's a character that's very mysterious, who we know is going to be a big deal down the road. Yeah. So why isn't it the mid credits scene? Is it because Julia Louise Dreyfus was like, "I need to have my credit on the episode, so it needs to be in the episode proper"? My, if so, my response there would be is Marvel doesn't need to follow that strict rule. They can reveal she's in the mid credits scene in the credits, and no one would really care. I kind of figured she'd be in the po one of the post credits scenes anyway. Yeah. Um. It would just be such a better scene. I don't know why it's not it. Yeah. Yeah. It's dumb. Dumb. Dumb show. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Which brings me, brings us up to our next thing. I'm really surprised that Falcon and Winter Soldier will compete at the end. All right, all right, wait, wait, wait. So these two bits of news go together. So Falcon and Winter Soldier is being submitted in drama at the Emmys. The reason why this is a big deal is because WandaVision is obviously a limited series, uh, and people assume Falcon and Winter Soldier would compete there too. Uh, so initially, when this was announced earlier, so I was like, oh, cool, this means we're going to get another season of this show. 
However, after this finale aired, it was announced that Captain America 4 as a movie was in the works with Sam as Captain America. Obviously, the showrunner and the writer of the fifth episode of the show writing the script for the movie. Um, this was really weird to me because I would like, okay, so in my mind, this is me getting my awards hat on. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're competing in drama at the Emmys, that means you're open to a second season. However, I don't know how you move this to a movie and then back to a TV show again. Yeah. Unless you're saying it's going to be a Bucky show, which I would not be opposed to. Right. Uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to just being about Bucky, honestly, and Sam just being graduated to the movie level. But I also think competing... Okay, I'll be honest. It's, it's being submitted at the Emmys in drama because there's not really a lot of TV this past year in drama besides, like, Better Call Saul... The Crown. I'm trying to think of other big ones. Those are the two big ones. I actually, wait, maybe Better Call Saul missed this year in Emmy eligibility. It might have. My point is a lot of the shows that normally would be up there aren't. And last year, they really liked The Mandalorian, which means that the Emmys aren't inherently opposed to these Disney Plus shows. Yeah. Uh, they probably could see themselves getting a Zima, a Brule Mom mm-hmm. and supporting actor. Um, the thing that I saw was a shame is that you have to appear in less than half the episodes in the season to be a guest actor. Mm-hmm. I would think Carl Lumbly would be a good choice for best actor, guest actor, except for the fact he's in three episodes of the show, so he'd have to compete in supporting. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I guess the future of these characters is in the movies, even though it's their category frauding at the Emmys. Uh, but what did you have to say about this stuff? Um, I just wonder how receptive the general public will be with Sam, now named Captain America. I would uh, like the real general public, the, or the, re- general the public real, the real general public, because I know there was a big uproar with the John Walker, Captain America. Um, and so I'm like, to me, I would think that Disney would have went do this show where we see Sam become Captain America. Then we have him featured in a, like an Avengers type Movie, yeah, a yeah, hero yeah, ensemble. Then yeah. he gets or his own Captain America. Movie. Yeah. Well, to be fair, though, we don't know when this movie's coming out. The Marvel True. slate is pretty packed. Yeah, and Phase Four and Phase movies. Five have already been announced. So, well, not all. Well, announced mostly. You know announced. what I mean? Like, yeah, we don't yeah. really know what's coming post next year. Really, are we bringing back the asterisk? Three. Well, 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 because. Besides Guardians 3, we there is nothing on the schedule after next year. And Guardians 3 isn't even on the schedule. It's just unofficially there because everyone knows that it's coming. Yeah. And James Gunn has talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. I, I wonder who the who the main protagonist of Cap, Cap 4 would be. Maybe Thunderbolts? I don't know. I will say that I would imagine that a Captain America 4 will have a guest star character. Yeah. Uh, I wonder who it will be. Maybe Hulk? Uh, maybe... Well, no, because I actually don't think it will be Don Cheeto, because at the time that will be when Florence he's doing Wars. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's more likely it's someone higher profile than her. You don't think uh, Bucky will come back? Well, I don't count him either. He's he's part of the sub-franchise, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I'm, I'm like thinking like a big character. No, not like a super big character. I would say... T'Challa, if Chadwick was still around, would make sense, but he's not. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Who it is. Um, but yeah. So, will we rewatch this series or film? I'll give you my answer with my typical yes, I will, because I want to see how it works as a binge show, but beyond that, I don't see me ever watching this again. Same. 
Um, Same. I'm going to I'm gonna binge. I, maybe, I guess, if my mom, well, it's something where, again, I go back to my parents. Like, if I visit my parents, they're like, oh, you want to watch one of these shows because you like the Marvel stuff? I can see them maybe wanting to watch this because it's a precursor to Captain America 4. But I honestly, as I said before, even though I don't like Evan Peters as uh, Wanda, as I don't like Evan Peters in WandaVision, I think WandaVision's a better show. And I think my parents would like it more, too. Yeah. Oh, and I actually wanted to make this joke that I have said to several people off camp, like, but I haven't said it since because we were talking about the Emmys. Jumping back a bit. I think the best wandavision emmy marketing it could have is this show because watching this show and comparing it to wandavision just makes wandavision look better mm-hmm. makes you forget wandavision's flaws because wandavision does have flaws but they're none as glaring as this show um but yeah yeah uh thinking so, i mean like honestly thinking back to wandavision because after i watched this episode i did compare with wandavision um and uh, I think that's a natural respo- response anyways, because these are the two most closest, you know, Marvel releases, and they're both on Disney+. Plus. Um, but uh, my thing was, like, yeah, I knew, I know WandaVision, in recollection, WandaVision has flaws, but I, the biggest one that I'm remembering is the Ralph Boner stuff. With Evan Peters. That's funny. You know? and Yeah. Like, it's funny, though, because if you go back and rewatch it, it's going to be the S.W.O.R.D. stuff that's more glaring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which I I may honestly, like, when S.W.O.R.D. stuff comes on screen, I may honestly just kind of skip do it. Do, like, a phone check, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just, like, I don't, I, this isn't a WandaVision podcast, but I think Wanda, well, it is, but not right now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I, 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 I look forward to revisiting WandaVision because I do think it will ultimately happen at some point with my parents. I will probably watch it with them. Um, I think it's interesting how, as time has gone by and I think about it, I only think about the good stuff. Yeah, which yeah. Which is pretty unusual for Marvel for me. Uh, I might be mad about Ralph Boner still, but it's like, eh, I still like the episode. Yeah, I'm like, I can still appreciate Evan Peters acting in that show. And I think the show ultimately landed where it needed to land in terms of the Wanda and the Vision story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if people are like, oh, the action the finale was too much, I'm like, eh, I don't really care. Like, yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was necessarily what I wanted, but it's what I expected going into it, and ultimately the emotional arcs paid off well. So yeah. I don't really care. Uh, it was... It's pretty funny, because I know when they announced both these shows, I was like, oh, I'll watch Falcon and Winter Soldier, because I like those actors. But... Uh, Wanda and Vision have sucked in the movie, so I don't want to watch the show. And here we are, that one of them had a much better show than the other. Speaking of which, uh, obviously we'd give the Wise Awards the best TV show to WandaVision, but <laughs> unfortunately we have to stick to what's in this show. So our first one will be our most valuable player. All right, I'm pretty sure you know where this is going uh, for me. Daniel Brule, Zemo! Yep, that's that's right. my pick. I mean... I've spent plenty of time it's talking kind of about, obvious. yeah, talking about how much I like the stuff with Zemo was really fun, um, and I really, I really enjoyed it, and I didn't mind the retcon uh, bits. So, yeah, I can get that. I stick by my tick that I think this show would be better without Brule, even though he's very good in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say Wyatt Russell was my MVP of this, but this finale really let him down. So I'm gonna go with the person who 
uh, is the best part of the show, and never the story never really misses a beat with him, and that's Carl Lumbly's Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has the one. Uh, I actually was getting a little emotional in his last scene in this mm-hmm. episode, uh, and I was surprised because I hate the rest of this show a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but he's very good in this, and I think the story is well done with him. It's the one part of the show that works. Mm-hmm. So it is. It is. Uh, favorite ep- favorite episode. What about you? Uh, mine would be the fifth episode. It opens with a really great fight between. Uh, Johnny Walker and the and the boys, Johnny Walker and the boys. Johnny Walker and the boys. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then it becomes a pretty good examination. It, the examination part of it, of it being a slower character based episode, works a lot better once the two of them are together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and plus, that's where the Isaiah Bradley stuff is. Really, True, is in the fifth episode. So I go with that one. Gotcha. Mine was the Madripoor episode. I forget which one that is, but it was just the third one. It was just a lot of fun one. with Zemo and the boys. So I think it's interesting because I actually uh, I I know you don't really pay attention to the discourse, and I don't agree with this part. But the third episode is like the universally critics was like this was the worst one. Really? So I'm like, hmm, yeah, yeah. I it don't was. Know why, really. It was more of just a like I can just sit and it's a filler episode, enjoy it, but it's it's a See, fun one. It's and a, I yeah. usually I usually don't like filler episodes, but uh, like with Wandavision with episode was episode two or. Th- Three, the one. Three is the one we don't like. The stork is that the one with the stork? Yeah, it's a yeah. That fi- that was a That's filler not episode. Really a, it's not a filler episode, but it feels like yeah, one. it felt like a filler episode, and I I didn't like that one. But like, yeah, sure. I will this say one that was that, a filler episode, but I I did enjoy it. I will say I never gave my take on my WandaVision binge, but I felt like those earlier episodes work a lot better in a binge. Gotcha, because they're short too. Yeah, so it's like you're just getting through them. Plus, also knowing that. To me, I, I, I savor the sitcom moments of WandaVision, mm-hmm. knowing how little of it there actually is. Yeah. But anyway, well, Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, the worst episode. A pilot episode. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we need to go into it. Uh, what about best moment? The monologue from Isaiah Bradley in the fifth episode. This is a really good monologue. Uh, really well delivered, emotionally strong. It's the best part of the show, as I've said. Uh, for me, it was Sam landing on a bridge in the finale and using the shield and wings to form the shell around himself. Um, this is the best like moment. If I have to take like seconds out of this entire series, that one, because uh-huh. um, it was such a a statement of like, yeah, I'm. Yes, I was Falcon. I'm Captain America. I yeah, it's like yes, I was Falcon. I still have the wings, but also I am Captain America, and you know, this is me. So here I am. Yeah. Uh, Good moment. Yeah. We're really low energy, guys. We're both starving right now. We're <laughs> sorry, but also not really because we saved our energy to talk about what mattered, which was soul. <laughs> <laughs> um. The most disappointing aspect, uh, I have this written as we're ruling it out first before we talk about it, is Sharon Carter. Because here's the thing, we all knew Sharon Carter was probably going to be bad in this, but we didn't expect her to be as bad as she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also um, didn't like the the uh, the bit with the post credit scene when it was like Agent Carter, and I'm like, uh-uh, you don't do that. Yeah, Agent Carter's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I want to know about Agent Carter. And I'm Carter, like, the Agent Carter, Carter, like, Haley Atwell was amazing as agent carter as peggy carter in uh the first avenger and in in that show 
So I'm like, and I want, I want to be nice, you know, with, I want to be nice to Emily Van Camp and be like, well, you haven't got the good material for it, but I'm like, no, you, you suck. She's had plenty of opportunity though, you know? Yeah. At this point. Yeah. yeah, She's had so much opportunity. She had cap, cap two, cap three, and. She's barely in cap two though. Right. Well, yeah, but still. But, uh. Yeah, but the other two. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. Um. Uh, but so let's talk about our most disappointing aspect besides Sherry. Um, this show brushed on many heavy topics but for me it failed to focus and address them um i think yes. a more narrow <laughs> I, <would agree. laughs> I think a more narrowed approach would have served the show and its plot better rather than forcing its protagonist to do this really pushy long drawn out uh monologue at the end and of the, the thing show. is the monologue doesn't even address half the stuff it tried to exactly tackle. exactly it's just like it's not focused at all. I would agree, but I have a different one, which is that I just watched. It's six episodes, but as I said, I did the math with Wandavision. It's about four and a half up, four and a half hours of actual show. Yeah, ignoring credits, uh, I watched four and a half hours of Bucky and Sam, and I feel like I've barely grown, grown any closer to them as characters. I still don't understand these characters. Yeah. Um, which is insane. Well, and, and quite honestly, we just watched so much of them, and they never. I don't think they, like, I guess Sam's like, well, I can be Captain America now. Quite honestly, Bucky's even more of a mystery to me now because of this show. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that I will say Bucky, I do like Bucky more. I think Bucky's been boring up to this point. At least in this show, he got to be a little charming. Yeah. Uh, But do I think I've learned anything about him? No, not really. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is a shame because, again, we just watched six weeks of the... All right, the best surprise. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus's character confirms we're getting a team of supervillains put together. But also, like, anytime... No, well, I I would just say Julia Louise Dreyfus appearing. Yes. Like, what? Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. Is like, it's kind of the same thing when uh, Deborah Joe Rupp was on WandaVision. Is I was like, yay, we get a fun, you know, we get a fun character. All of this this actor. But the difference is, is that we're gonna get. Julia Louise Dreyfus, more of her. That's the big difference. That's which is exciting. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so, and I'd also say, like, it's kind of like to me in a way. It's kind of like when White Vision popped up in WandaVision, where it's like, oh, I didn't think this was gonna happen at all. Yeah. And I'm okay with it, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What about and you? They both have so much implications for the future. Maybe Vision will be in a uh, Captain America four. Maybe. We don't know when he's gonna pop up next. We don't. We yeah, really don't. I mean, it's like, true. Yeah, he's just kind of rolling around, doing his thing, doing mm-hmm. Vision things. Uh, what was yeah. the best surprise for you out of this show? All right, so this technically doesn't qualify because it's like a moment, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's when I, uh, John Walker, the end of episode four, yeah, uh, where we get that great shot of the shield covered in blood, and I was like, wow, Disney Plus allowed this? Cool. I'm allowed, I'm okay with that. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was surprised they were willing to go that far, and I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, most excited to see more of. Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. Okay. Yeah, that's it. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see more of, of Thunderbolts. I've been excited for Thunderbolts. Um, for it's going to be really funny if all of Thunderbolts is going to be just not for Thunderbolts. It's going to be for something Watch else. Watch them call it some ridiculous name. It's, uh, well, because, you know, it's named after General Thaddeus Thunderbolt uh, Ross. Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. But maybe they're going to call them the Valentines. Oh, that's, uh, oh no. Please, no. Please, no. <laughs> the Valentines. No, no. <laughs> Kevin Feige, we know that you listen to this. Um, Please. Yeah, Kevin Feige. Please, my fave. please do not. My fave, my fave. You know, we should put up a tw- Twitter poll. 
saying, like, should they be called Thunderbolts or the Valentines? Oh, unfortunately, we don't have another Twitter poll this week anyway. Uh, <laughs> what about, what, anyway, what are you, what's most exciting? Uh, I'm going to go a little more general. Yeah. And say, well, a little less general, and say Wyatt Russell is John Walker, who I assume will be part of the Thunderbolts. Uh, I do think he was very close to being the highlight of the show because he's someone you really love to hate. Yeah. But he's also really complicated. Uh, I don't feel sympathy for him, but I'm curious to see where his character will he's go. He's intriguing. He's a very interesting character. Yeah, he's very yeah. intriguing. There's so much they could do with him, uh, especially now that he won't be in the shadow of Sam. He'll be in his own thing. Right. Well, I mean, he'll still be... Well, he won't be in the shadow of Captain America. He's now U.S. Exactly. agent. So he's walking down, creating his own path, walking, you know, creating his yeah. own story, walking down a new path. Uh, yeah. Yes. So I'm curious to see where it'll go, even though, kind of like Zemo, he's still a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. So before the outro, let's give a preview of the next few weeks of the show. Uh, yep, okay. So first off, next week, uh, it's Thor 1's 10th anniversary. That's insane. Hey, oh. Long so hair, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, the blonde uh, eyebrows, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be rewatching that. We'll be talking about with a friend of mine who listens to the show, and also I saw Thor, one of him in theaters way back 10 years ago. Hmm. So that'll be fun. Uh, we'll also, of course, discuss our Green Room movies, which, as a reminder, Wolf Walkers is on Apple TV+. And, uh, Three Kings is Three on Kings. HBO Max. Yep, so if you want to watch those and get in, and be involved with that discussion, you can. We're actually going to release that episode separately from our, our Thor breakdown because I think we like getting in-depth on these movies that we give each other. Yeah, So yeah. That, will be, that will be separate. But we'll still have a little Green Room segment here with our guest. A little bit, just so you get a little break from MCU news, which, of course, we will cover the two news we had to skip this week because of technical issues. Uh, week after that is a bit exciting. It will be our first listener's choice episode. We have two X-Men anniversaries this year. X-Men The Last Stand will be turning 15 years old, and X-Men First Class will be turning 10 years old. We both have a preference of which one we would cover, yep. but we're going to leave it over to you guys. The poll will be put up with this episode on Twitter, on Facebook, and on my letterbox. Uh, you can vote as many times as you want on both accounts. So if you have a, you follow us on Twitter, if you follow us on Facebook, and you follow us, me on Letterboxd, you can vote on all three, and your vote will count three times. Danny, I'm I already see that. where this is going. <laughs> I already well, uh, well, I'm we aren't allowed to vote. Yeah, I know, but I already see where this is going. <laughs> well, you will get a chance to vote for all three of those. After that, I believe we are covering something very special. See, we have to cover a lot because we've got a long time to Loki. Yeah. Uh, I think the week after that, we will be covering a certain Broadway musical, which is also turning 10 years old. Hamilton? Nope. Uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> An American classic. Uh, then we will build, go into some prep. We'll, we'll prep Loki with a rewatch of Avengers 1. We don't have a guest for that yet, but we should have a guest at some point. We will have a guest for it. Yeah, Kevin Feige's uh, got to text me back, so. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we get him. Then we'll discuss uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier with one of my co-hosts on the Snub Club. That will prep for Black Widow. And then we will discuss the films of Kate Shortland, who is directing Black Widow, uh, with my other co-host on the Snub Club. So we've got a big lineup of uh, stuff and then to talk about. After that week, we'll then, go course, right, into Lo right into Loki, correct? Loki yep. and Black Widow. Yep. So we've got a lot heading up for you guys. We're excited for you to stick around and listen to all of them.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website, whyiswithtydan.buzzsprout.com. We are also on YouTube at our channel, Why Is with Ty and Dan. You can also contact us by email at whyiswithtydan at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at whyiswithtyand1 and follow me, Danny Vincent, on Letterboxd at Blightman's for reviews of movies, including those not in the MCU. That's it. We'll never have to talk about the show again. Never ever. Uh, actually, that's not true because next week uh, I'll be watching the behind the scenes special. Uh, so I guess we'll talk about it briefly next week. But yeah, that's our show for you. We'll catch you in the uh, next one. Bye. Yeah. Don't fall into many, any manholes. Bye. Bye. Bye.